You don't have to quit your job. You don't have to follow growth hacks to go viral. And you don't have to burn out. It's very tempting to do what trending, but stay in touch with your inner self and do what feels right and dead and what feels the most like, you know. And that will also avoid to discuss. So keep writing and then you will know that, okay, like this feels more like me. And it's a growth process. Niharika is a writer who gained 75,000 LinkedIn followers in just 12 months and became a top writer on Medium. And in this episode of Creators on Air, she shares how she built her business and went full-time as a creator by working just two to four hours a day. I used first Medium and when I used to apply for roles on Upwork, uh, now Medium since a month is not as high being because they the rules, but then rules are always changing and I think writing on Medium is still better than writing anywhere else because it already has the readership, it already, already has publications and you're not, not taking press or posting a website and your website because the website. I also think LinkedIn is a very place to get clients, but definitely use Upwork because that's where I reached my high pain day. Amazing. And uh, you actually achieved recognition as a top writer on Medium, which <laughs> is amazing. What advice do you have for writers who actually want to build an income with Medium? So it's like, I think I knew an answer for this two months ago, but right now pretty much all Medium writers are figuring it out because suddenly change and uh, so according to the guidelines now the articles that work are very deeply raised like something for itself but not 15,000 work so it's actually become really academic that way personal experiences plus a hardcore research and uh, I know like researching for 15 to 18 hours is it everyone's cup of tea it definitely isn't fine what used to work earlier I'm literally just writing good quality and somewhere into good publication publication work yeah and what about um, LinkedIn? Because you gained 75,000 followers in 12 months, which is crazy. And you're a top LinkedIn voice. So how did you, what kind of strategies did you use to kind of grow your audience and get more attention on that platform? Uh, so I don't write about what everyone else is writing about. So you never see me talk about chat GPT and then making carousels with everyone else and making carousels and then talking about millionaire habits because I think everyone's doing it. And I don't want to jump on that bandwagon. I think what stands out with my content, the feedback that I get most often is that it's very real. And um, something as simple as I don't even put makeup and I put all my photos. And I have so many women telling me that they like that side of me. Because otherwise, whenever they're on social media, looking at MV, watching TV, everyone is looking how they don't connect on that. And uh, so I think that realness appeals to people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would just recommend that um, it's very tempting to do what's trending, but like stay in touch with your inner self and do what feels right instead and what feels the most like you. And that will also avoid to discuss. So keep writing for like say 100 days and then you will know that, okay, like this feels more like me. And it's a growth process. Mm, definitely. I, I like that. I like how authentic you are. And I find it really interesting that you said that you don't post carousels because I feel like everyone who gives me advice on <laughs> growing on LinkedIn says that you know you should be posting carousels because they do really well so have you noticed any like particular types of content that work best for you on LinkedIn so text plus photos work well but that being said when I was a part of the LinkedIn creator accelerator program last last year in summer uh, I started doing a weekly series because it was mandatory to post four times a week. And that series, even though I had, I think, 30,000 followers back then, it used to get about 
top of the views like 50000 which wow. is very rare with any content right you usually don't get more views for lot so i know on like 30 to 90 second videos pixie and even me but now since i'm putting all energy on youtube i thought on linkedin um but yeah i, I would say like experiment with things and if somebody is telling you one thing sure start work like then that's not true that's like you know there's no one truth for everyone i know that's like more of a spiritual thing but it does work on mind like there's mm. no one thing for everyone and you just be like everyone else mm. and do you have a way of writing on linkedin that's different to the way that you write like articles for medium like how do you distinguish between your writing on yeah like so in linkedin is i'm going to start taking it seriously from this month like so that's my goal i i think all this while i haven't taken it seriously and i've grown Wow, <laughs> um, but now I feel that if I do take it seriously, then I will grow. All this while, like I just been playing around. Like before getting to the school, ten minutes before I wrote something and I published it, and I, it's very ad hoc for me. Whereas for medium, I have an idea, I would outline that, then I would write it. I have a three-step editing process, and there's a lot of layers to it. But on LinkedIn, it's just type and publish and forget about it. That's crazy that you haven't taken it seriously, but you get like two million impressions a month. Maybe that's what we're looking. Yeah. So, like, what do you think makes your content so engaging on LinkedIn? That is bringing in the impressions. Do you think it's just authenticity alone, or um, is... I think I talk a lot about my story because I think all of us like our most unique leverage is our story. Like, nobody has left the same experience as you or me, and then talking about it makes you stand out. So I think I think that's definitely that's definitely helpful and um yeah honestly like I know authenticity sounds very small and it's overworked and overused but to be fair the trend I notice across platform everyone trying to imitate that viral or viral sales copy viral article viral LinkedIn or other so it's something that's lagging big time mm. so i do think like self awareness is a very good foundation for good content because it's what makes you stand out and also i think i encourage you to write about what you feel like right for travel and it almost always goes viral oh wow so and i just think it's because it's a breath of fresh air nothing else yeah. so don't be afraid to experiment And do you make your stories to so the things that you're kind of going through right now, or like your travel? Do you somehow relate it back to your audience, or like how how do you incorporate your stories? I always, I always have a takeaway in my content because I want somebody to um, ideally pause, reflect, and take action. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not something I can record if they're doing it. But at least I want them to keep coming back because it improves their life in some way. So I always have a takeaway and. that takeaway doesn't have to be something big like find your purpose sometimes it can be something just as simple as to think of something today and uh, my, my, all my content has a takeaway not very specifically and it involves my story because i want it to be for the audience yeah and i feel like a lot of writers are on um i don't know whether to call it twitter or x but i feel like there's so many writers on there where do you think like LinkedIn is helpful versus like Twitter or X. Like, should writers be on both platforms or? Why not both? You can always repurpose content, right? Repurpose LinkedIn into Twitter, Twitter into LinkedIn, and doesn't to be like unique content. Like most of my eighty percent of them are actually just copy pasted or uh, sentences from a medium article highlights. So every time, like three four people highlight an article, the medium sends an email. So by the end of the week, there are like around twenty thirty odd emails. and then i just copy paste some nice highlights and schedule it for twitter 
Wow, that's such a good idea. What's been, which platform has been most beneficial to you as a writer, do you think? I really like Twitter for its community factor. Mm. And uh, because it's what, I mean, a random tweet created my core base post, which is like a pretty big thing for me. Whereas I think I, I started using LinkedIn much later. Um, so I think with LinkedIn, you do have access to more potential clients. There's no denying that. And it's much easier to grow. But I do like the homegrown vibe of Twitter where you can meet your tribe across the world. And I really like that vibe. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I definitely hang out more on Twitter. Yeah, I feel like most of the creators I've met as well, they've all been through Twitter. Like that's how I connected with you as well. It's because I saw your Twitter account. So I definitely agree with that. Um, Do you ever have like because this is your career and your you know your whole business runs on writing do you have a process for thinking about you know like what's a profitable writing niche or like how well will a topic do do you think about that when you're writing so my business anyway has i think it's over a 90 percent profit margin i don't know if it's 92 or 95 so i know that i mean my profit is way more than my expenses so it's profitable but a profitable niche I feel I'm only, that's such a temporary sell, like, what is AI selling right now? And mm. I just completely start talking about it. My, I mean, my people will kind of lose me because that's not the person they signed up. Mm. So I, so there's this dialogue from a Hindi, which is really famous. And what it translates to is that if you chase excellent, successful companies, and I think that's the part that I follow, that if I chase good best, good I have a good intention and I'm giving value, then successful for no product. I'm only going to chase a metric, then it's not going to come to me. That's amazing. And how have you, I feel like you've grown a personal brand for sure with what you're doing, but you've also managed to build your, your business as well. Like how have you managed to do both kind of simultaneously? I think business was a product of the personal brand and I wanted to do a business. I always thought, again, because oh, really? nobody around me does it. Yeah, because like my friends who do it and a lot of their businesses are set up by their fathers. So they're continuing the legacy. Yeah. And I think like I know one of them who's going around. But apart from that, nobody is doing that online. And uh, some of them who are, it's not like they're doing it to make money. It's like a passion project. So I'm not really exposed to that side in real life. And uh, so that's why this, um, the business aspect of it only started. It was very random. So I had my knee surgery and then I was in bed for four weeks and I couldn't walk or do anything. And uh, I just led a center tweet that, um, is there anyone I can help with being more consistent in writing? And if you can, let me know. And if I can, then let me comment and I will be in this. Yeah, it was that. Comment and I'll DM. And um, I set up an auto DM, which led to a Google form. And around 126 people or something replied to it. Wow. And around 70 of them filled the form, over 70 of them. And then I shortlisted 40 people from 20 countries, put them in the flag group. I taught them everything I gave. And it worked. Like now, like we just, we're going to start our next cohort on 9 October and we just have one seat. Like we sold eight times out of Amazing. Uh, seven times out of eight. Yeah. So that, and then what I started doing was I started catering to the problem that my audience has so it wasn't that let me make this product and have a feel on strategy money it was always that what are the questions people are asking most often and can i solve for them and that became a product 
and that became a business. So it was a very gradual process. It was never a night or it wasn't even a catch or a powerful plan. I think that's incredible, especially since you've had like no business background or anyone really around you doing something like that. What has surprised you the most about running your own business? Or that um, being a financially independent woman in a South Asian society, it's very less about money. It's a lot about just the dynamics and how you feel about yourself and how others look at you. And I wish more and more people, more and more women at least in this part of the world uh, chase financial independence. That's amazing. How's that fueled you? And the internet just has so much of potential. Um, it just has so much potential for people to make money. How do you, Sorry, I missed how, how has that fueled you as a creator and a writer then? That experience of having financial freedom and... Oh, it's been great. Like, I can do whatever I want and I don't have to think of anything. And just to come to a place that from thinking of should I spend on this or should I spend on that to just thinking that I know I'm anywhere not and I'm not a shopaholic. I want something and I don't have to overthink about it. That just feels nice. It's so relaxed. Yeah. Mentally, like this is not one of my stressors out there. Mm. And this is a stressor for so many people. And what does the business actually look like? So as a writer, what are your different revenue streams? So there's this Summit 21, which is a cohort-based course, takes place four times a year. There's a recorded course, which is fairly linear. There's a LinkedIn playbook, a Medium playbook. There's a side hustle checklist, which is actually free. These are all products. Now I'm beginning to get LinkedIn sponsorships because my audience has grown. Two days ago, I, went, I collaborated with Amazon. And um, yeah, so that's uh, that's a new stream. There's affiliate marketing, which is something I've been active with since the beginning. So wherever it fits my audience and I plug in something that I have personally been a part of, of course, or used a software. So I plug it in and uh, that helps. I don't freelance anymore. But uh, for a while, like until eight months ago, that was once in a while income stream. Um, consulting, again, I do it very rarely, but I will be doing more webinar because I did my first ever webinar last month. And in that one hour, like it was like a really small amount, but still ended up making about $1,500, not bad at all. And uh, yeah, so these are some of my that's amazing how do you just they're always changing right they're always changing yeah i mean that's what i was gonna ask like the fact that they are always changing like how do you decide when it's time to you know like switch things up or like add a new income stream and how do you decide what that's gonna be well i don't overthink it i just follow my list like whatever i feel like crazy and what about like how to price things so like the again it's just very intuitive i don't do research and see what others are doing. I just do what I feel is right and what fits the board. That's all. Like, I don't overthink it. That's amazing. Like, I feel for the longest part of my life, I've over thought about every single thing and that didn't get me anywhere. So now I don't overthink it all. <laughs> at least that's why not. So do you have any advice for people who do overthink everything? Because that's definitely me. <laughs> I would say, again, if once you become self-aware, a lot of things get sorted, a lot of Questions are like, what product should I make? How should I monetize? How should I do? A lot of the how get very easy when you know what's happening inside because then you will get your own part. Like there are people who make decisions on surface level thinking that, okay, Justin Wells is making $130,000 a month. So what to do is not going to do this, do that. 
But no, that's not how it works. If everyone would do the same thing, mm. then it's not that everyone would be successful. So again, I think very less people actually see answer and so that's a very, very, very important though. Mm, that's such a good answer. I love that. Thank you. Um, so you started writing as a side hustle and you actually have a newsletter about like side hustles. So it's called Side Hustle Saturdays. What do you wish yeah. more people knew about writing as a side hustle and like being a creator as a side hustle? I would say that firstly about I would address the writing bit that um, it's a really good place to be in. But it's a choice whether you fall into the pity party of, oh, like writing five thousand words, I don't want to do it and this and that. Or you actually up your game and become a good writer and demand good money because people would only pay you well if you're good. If you don't write well, because you think you write well, then write well. So if you don't even write well and then you think about not earning, then that's a very new issue. It's no nothing nobody else can solve. And the problem with the internet is that the moment you're negative, you find a very good audience because everyone loves to prevent complaining together. So notice these small things and don't fall into it. Focus building your catalog of work that tomorrow it's not you, the person has to see. And the moment they see your work, they know you're good and they want to come and work with you. So that's as simple as it gets. So writing in a side of is great, but, um, build your skill and keep doing it on the side. Keep applying and building your catalog and keep writing online. And um, as a creator, I would say that first, fine, like, create product as solution. So don't try to create a product, try to create a solution because people will pay when their problem is solved. If, honestly, like, if something helps, if I have to pay a few, like, if I have to pay money and my problem, which I'm struggling with, gets solved and I say, I wouldn't Hmm. And that's with most people. So I would say that product as don't just create product because YouTube says that ebooks is a passive interesting. Who's gonna hmm. if it's not solved? Very true. What advice do you have to actually get better at writing? By writing. <laughs> Very underrated advice. Okay, love it. And just be consistent and put things out there, I'm guessing. And how did you go from um like having writing as a side hustle to like full-time like what made you kind of hit that decision that I'm gonna make that leap so I promised myself that when I may triple my salary for three months I'm gonna call it quit and then I did the only thing was when I did call it like a night did in water speaker so that was another three months so yeah but that was my goal and what advice would you give to somebody who wants to make that transition from side hustle to full-time yeah. Be practical about it. Don't jump into one guru say and following your passion and all that works that you have built to pay. Yeah. And unless you know you're getting money from somewhere, then don't let go of money that's 100% coming to your bank account every. So um, I would say to follow something similar to what and then obviously it varies depending on the responsibilities you both face and like I do not have been to pay. So I think that's a big chunk of in, uh, expenditure for most people out there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would say that have your side hustle pay. I mean, if you're from a developing country, then more than your salary. But if you're already from a country, then at least it matches your salary for two months because then you've got a high But don't make it like, oh, one, one month in my salary and up. Don't do it. <laughs> and then like also have 
clients in the pipeline because if this one goes, then what? You don't want to be in the deep end. So have the money bit sorted and have enough savings of this way. Mm. And how do you manage your time at the moment? Because like, what is your like actual writing routine or process like versus like managing all the business stuff and like running the courses? How are you? How do you balance things? I don't work much. I only work for around three hours, maximum four hours. Today is a busy day for me, and it's one of the four-hour, five-minute work. And this is like one of my very but do you have like a structure for like i'm gonna be writing on these days or like yeah so until medium chain so then the structure i've been following for the longest time is that i edit for an hour in the morning i write for about anywhere between 40 minutes to one hour depending on how long and then in the evening i do social media stuff usually i'm about two and a half hours and um my business is not going around like like summit is only there four times a year for three weeks so three for the well that's about well three months a year and um yeah so that's the only time i'm a bit more active mm-hmm. but apart from that yeah that's that, that's all i'm doing work well now i'm changing things a bit because i am now focusing on doubling down on twitter and linkedin so then there are threads there are new things then i have a very different for medium so now my new routine after figuring it out but the hours wouldn't be similar. I don't want to spend my entire day work. That's really good. I love how balanced that is. Um, and you said that you also started to work with sponsors for LinkedIn. How do you have a process for like finding sponsors, or do they contact you, or what's been working for well, you? Well, in India, it's very easy because in India, uh, influencer marketing is a very, very, very big thing, and um, it's a huge deal here, especially for Instagram, but now also for LinkedIn. So there's usually an agency which comes in play. It's not something that I personally enjoy so much because these clients get such a hyped up price. Like if I quote a deck, they're gonna quote like forty percent more and they're gonna tell me there's lack of transparency. But that's the system in India and now that I've started using fashion food at least, I'll link it at the end of my newsletter and some people coming from there. Uh, a very small example is tomorrow morning I have this on um, fitness instructor to train me because I've, I'm like pretty hardcore into fitness and he's pretty expensive and he wants to train me for free just to see how it goes and then maybe I'll talk about it right another example is that um, I'm get I'm in fact starting my ultra training course today um, which will start half an hour after the hour call in and uh, I got that through passion and that's worth like $1,000 if I had wow. it so yeah it's helpful because I love how transparent it That's amazing. I'm so glad Passion Fruit has been helping you. And do you have um, like set prices for like sponsorships? And I have. Yeah. yeah, I've made it very transparent. So there's as less back and forth as possible. That's good. And I guess that helps you to keep to like a four hour work day, if not less. Yeah, like I just think it's easier to sort of not haggle, right? Yeah. Um, we just put it out there and instead of, and even the other person wanted front to be not wrong my prices and it doesn't and then they've already wasted it and I've disappointed them so I don't instead of that it's good to have things like and how do you work with sponsors what because you seem like a very authentic creator and writer so like how do you work with sponsors to make sure that your work you know your voice is still very true to you and your personal brand is still very real and authentic uh I haven't done as many collaborations but the ones that I've done but something that stays constant is that it's all going to be my story because that's why people follow me. 
and then I'm going to plug in the brand as it feels relevant to be a part of that story. That's what it is with Tatio, right? Like scheduling helps you save time. And I spoke about, and the thing is, I actually schedule my tweets and newsletters and rest of schedule a lot of things because it's such a one-time job for me. Otherwise, if I start live posting on Twitter, then I'm going to keep going back. Yeah. So actually, with their collaboration, I spoke about a four-hour workday and how something like Tapio can help me with. Amazing. So it's my story, and then it, the brand is very relevant, like relevant to the platform. Yeah, I love that. I like how you reference it back to stories versus like you know just making sure marketing. That, yeah, exactly. It just makes it sound so much more yeah. real and genuine. Um, I'm going to end now with a quick fire round. So I'm going to ask you five questions that I ask every creator or writer that comes on air. Okay. Starting with, what's your favorite thing about being a creator? Owning my time. Mm, I love that. What's something that gives you the most inspiration for what you create? My granddad. Oh, that's sweet. He hasn't, like, he's not alive anymore, but his entire life story. Yeah. Amazing. And what's one tool that helps you as a creator, writer? Hikuri helps a lot. Oh, right. Okay. Um, something that helps with your work life balance? Look, it's fine because <laughs> I know when it's like three hours, I should just, like, stop. Oh, nice. <laughs> I like how you're so structured. And it makes me feel very grateful. Yeah, it, and it makes me feel very grateful that sometimes it's like two hours, 30 minutes done everything. Wow. Where it's like, that's not the case with most people. So, oh, yeah, it makes me feel grateful when I'm feeling like a breath. I feel like you're one of the few people that I've had on air that actually have like four hour work days. I feel like creators talk about four hour work days all the time. But you're actually one of the few who yeah. genuinely do that. I actually say four hours to not sound lazy. Otherwise, it's less than four hours all the time. <laughs> like four and three upper limit. But then I think I'm going to start feeling lazy and like somebody who doesn't do anything. So I just say four. I love that. That's amazing. And what's one piece of advice that you would give to other creators? Give it time. I mean, everyone sees my growth. They haven't seen that I've been writing since I was seven, writing online since I was eight, and I'm 27. Wow. So what you see is like pretty much decades of my skill, which has now been off. So while you weren't seeing it, I've still been talking my So give it time. Amazing. That's a great piece of advice to end on. Thank you so much for coming on air and sharing so much of Thank your experiences. You you. It's amazing to know like how real and authentic you are and how that's shown in your work <laughs> and attracted people. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. You can find Niharika on her website, Twitter, LinkedIn, or YouTube. And if you are a creator and you do sponsorships, check out Passion Fruit. We help you to streamline your entire workflow. I'll see you in the next one.